All right, I'm going to uh, do a little audience participation here. I'm going to say a name, and then you're going to let me know what they are known for, okay? You can see how this works? I'm going to say a name, and then you're going to let me know what they are known for, okay? You ready? Steve Jobs. Somebody said Microsoft. Um, Apple, 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 Apple products, Apple products, right? And so who's, okay, just since we went there, who's the Microsoft guy? Bill Gates, Bill Gates, Bill Gates. Okay, here we go. We're, we're going to keep going. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. COVID, COVID. Yeah, I think that's right. COVID. He's, he's you know what? Uh, his uh, gravestone, probably just going to say the COVID guy. And everybody's going to know who he is, right? Uh, okay, what about this one? Uh, John Grisham. Ooh, some people, Becky's like, yeah, okay. She's the reader in the group, right? Okay, uh, here we go. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Chris Hemsworth. Actor. Some of you guys know he, uh, Thor. You guys seen the Thor movies? Um, as they wanted me to be the body double, but it just didn't work out. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Chris Hemsworth. Uh, what about the, uh, the Kardashians? Crazy, crazy. They are no, they're absolutely nuts, right? Here's what we know. Here's what we know. Uh, everyone is known for something. Everyone is known for something. You're known for something too. When uh, people are driving home from church, they're probably talking about you, right? And, and you know, you're known for something. You're known for something. I don't know what that is, but you're known for something. Everybody is known for something. And the reality is, is that our church is known for something also. That's just the facts. Our church is known for something also. We're kind of jumping into a a series on uh, uh, the book of Colossians, and we're going to be kind of zipping through that fairly quickly. But uh, uh, here's the book of Colossae, right? The book of Colossians, and Paul is writing uh, to the church that is there in Colossians. And here's kind of the background, the setting in that, is that the Apostle Paul never went to uh, Colossae, and uh, he, he just wasn't there. And uh, he was actually writing this letter while he was in prison in Rome. He was sent to Rome. Uh, he was in prison. He was waiting to be on trial uh, before Caesar. And while he was there in Rome, in a prison, waiting to be on trial before Caesar, he was getting reports about this church in Colossae. Colossae Christian Church. C-C-C. Uh, and so he was there getting reports about, he was getting reports about the Colossae uh, church and, uh, and he was, he, Timothy was there with him and then other people were writing him letters and saying, and so he formed an opinion and he understood who the church at Colossae was. And when he begins writing this letter that he sends to the church at Colossae, the first thing he does is communicate to them, hey, I know your reputation. I know who you are. And he begins to communicate. Uh, wouldn't you like to know what the Apostle Paul would say about it? Listen to this. Uh, he writes this letter and he lets them know as he begins to unpack at the very beginning what's going on with the church that is there at Colossae. Colossians uh, chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 says this. Paul, he's establishing who he is, an apostle, that means one sent, of Christ Jesus by the will of God. God made sure Paul was an apostle. We know his story, his miraculous conversion. And Timothy, who was his, kind of his secretary, it was also his, uh, his Timothy. Wait, that's where that comes from. It was the guy he was mentoring and uh, was going to be following in his footsteps. And he was there with him. And he says, to God's holy people in Colossae. And then he gives him a label. 
the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. CCC Colossae was known for something. They were known for being a people of a deep faith. They were a faithful congregation. They were a people of faith. They were a people of faith. Question. What would the people in our community say about us? What would they say? What's the word on the street about CCC, Countryside Christian Church? Would they say that we are a faithful church? Are we known in the community as being a a faithful church? Are we known as being a dynamic church? Are we unknown? What is our reputation? What do people say about us? Are we superficial? Are we dynamic? What do the people around us say about us? Everyone has a reputation. And Paul writes to CCC and he communicates to them, man, there's something I want you to know. You guys have a dynamic faithfulness about yourself. And then Paul goes on to explain what made them faithful. And he says this, continues, Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, first part of verse 4. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because, now he's going to tell them, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. They were faithful. What made them a faithful church? They had, a, they were a people of a passionate faith. They were a people of a passionate faith. So we've heard of you. We've heard of your faithfulness. And we've heard of the way that your faith just kind of jumps out there. And it was a faith in Christ Jesus. It was a passionate faith. Gene Apples, he's kind of a guy in our brotherhood that does a lot of preaching. And he says, really, there's three kinds of people that attend church. He says uh, there are drive-through attenders, drive-through attenders of church. So the people, that they kind of pull into the parking lot, and they want to pull up to the little microphone, and may we help you? Yes, I would like a order of a uh, fantastic dynamic worship. I want a home-run sermon, and I want this to be over in one hour. That is all. Right? That's what they want. They pull in, they're gonna, they want it for themselves, they're gonna collect it, they're going to get it, and then on down the road they go. He says, that's one kind of a church attender. He says there's another kind of a church attender. He calls them flu shot attenders. Flu shot. You ever get a flu shot? Uh, now, I, I, kind of going down 53rd Street by Hy-Vee, a bunch of signs in front of him says, get your flu shot. Does anybody want to get anything right now? Right? And so I, I've only gotten a flu shot one time in my life. I got a flu shot, and guess what happened to me? I immediately got the flu. So I've never been back, but that's my story. And so maybe you know how the flu shot works, right? What do they do? Uh, you get a shot, and they give you just a tiny, itty-bitty little bit of the virus, right? And uh, they give you a little bit to kind of ward off getting the entire virus because nobody wants that. And that's the way some people treat church. They want to come in. They want to get a little bit of Jesus, They want to know that they have fire insurance, but they don't want the whole disease because that might change their life. Isn't that true? There are drive-through attenders at church, and there are flu shot attenders, and then there's another group called the committed core. The committed core. 
We know who the committed core are. They're the ones that give generously and joyfully. They are committed uh, to serving and the church is an extension of who they are and what they do. The doors are open and they're there and they're just a part of it. It's woven into the fabric of their life. The church is where they love to be. And, And to the committed core, we know who you are and you know who you are. Uh, you are the ones, I, I want to say thank you to you, because you're the ones that kind of picked up the church and carried it on your back over the years. There were times when the church didn't even have, uh, you know, a preacher. How would a church ever survive without a preacher? I have no idea. But there were times a church didn't even have a preacher. And then uh, Al, Al back here, he just covered a couple of years. He stepped up and for free, he was the guy that just said, I'll step into the pulpit and I'll preach faithfully week after week. And, you know, we just need to say thank you. To the committed core. But if you happen to fall into that category of being a drive through attender or a flu shot attender, I, I just want to say, well, maybe now is your time. Maybe now is your time that you would step up and that you would be faithful and that you would have this passionate faith, that you would be a part of a people of a passionate faith. Paul goes on when he's talking to CCC Colossae there, and and he says they were faithful. They weren't faithful just because they had a passionate faith, but he also says they extended an inclusive love. They extended an inclusive love. Colossians chapter 1, verse 4, part B, it just continues, and, and he says, and of the love you have for all God's people. That's what it says. He has this love for all of God's people. It was for everyone. Uh, there was no specific uh, demographic that they were trying to hone in on. They said, there are no demographic barriers or boundaries. There's no age group. Everyone is invited. It says, there's no race. Everyone is invited. There's no socioeconomic order there. Everyone is invited. They knew that Jesus invites everyone. And they said, this message for all of God's people. Everyone is to be invited. And listen. I was, uh, I was here early. <clears throat> I was here early on Monday morning, sometime between uh, 7.30 and 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday. Uh, I got here, and I pull into the parking lot, and uh, there's a, a Roger's uh, little blue pickup truck, and he's in there. He's taking the ladder out of the back of his pickup truck, about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. And then uh, Roger takes his ladder out of his truck, and he begins to clean the windows of the church. He's outside cleaning the outside of the windows of the church. He comes inside and he's cleaning the inside of the windows of the church. And Roger was here early on Monday cleaning the windows of the church. And I didn't ask Roger about any of this stuff. um, But uh, what I think is that uh, uh, Roger doesn't want anybody to come to church and uh, look out through dirty windows. I think that uh, he uh, would be, you know, disturbed if uh, people came to church and they looked out and, 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 and the vision was a little bit foggy. The vision was a little bit cloudy. If it was unclean, what you had to, to look through in order to uh, see out there. Roger wanted everybody to come to church and then be able to kind of look out and have a, a clear vision. But you know what the reality is, is that, uh, that church family, sometimes... Our vision is a little foggy, a little hazy, kind of speckled and spotted. And 
Sometimes we come here and we look out there and we think, well, I know what church is about. Church is about me. Church is about what I want. And church is about what I like. And sometimes we fall into that category of kind of looking out and thinking that church is really about me. And sometimes the most awkward thing can happen. Um, I know how to get fired. You won't even want me back next week. I know how to do that. All I need to do is say, next week, when you come to church, if you normally sit in this section right over here, um, you have to sit over there next week. If you normally sit in this section right here, you have to sit in this section right here. If you normally sit in this section right here, you got to sit over there next week. And then most likely in a lot of churches, I'm not going to have a job next week because I have asked you to do something well beyond anything that you should be expected to do as a part of CCC, right? And I just, isn't it true that we kind of get these things in our mind as I know what church is supposed to be and I know what it's supposed to look like and I know how we're supposed to conduct ourselves and you know uh, my vision is a little bit foggy and I'm just glad that Roger came here this week and cleaned those windows so that when we're here we can look out and have just a clear understanding you know what church it's not really about us it's not really about me that's not what it's about they knew that they understood that it was about <clears throat> extending an inclusive. In 1987, that was before some of you guys were born, and some of you guys, uh, that's probably when you retired. <laughs> Just, hey, I'm a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so 1987, 1987, right? 1987, long, 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 long time ago, uh, I was living in the dorms at Pacific Christian College, and uh, uh, I was uh, there over Christmas break. And I wasn't married, and uh, I just sort of moved out to Southern California, started going to school there, having grown up in Illinois, and uh, living in the dorms. And you know what happens if you've been in the dorms at a college campus. Uh, come Christmas break, it's like six weeks long. Everybody evacuates, everybody leaves, everybody goes home. And I had a job, and I needed to keep my job. And my parents didn't call me and offer to fly me home. And, uh, you know, it's a long time ago, and, you know, that was when it cost money, to actually, uh, to make that phone call and all those things. And so I ended up just staying in the dorm over the entire Christmas break. And uh, the only people that were in the dorms at the time were the foreign exchange students. And uh, so it was me, and there was nobody on my entire floor. I was the only person in the entire floor. And uh, come Christmas Eve, come Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve night, 1987, I just went and I got in the car, and I drove to downtown Los Angeles. And if you've ever been out in L.A. or, you know, same kind of deal in downtown Chicago, you know, there's five lanes of traffic and in one direction, everybody's going 80 miles an hour or it's completely stopped, right? Uh, but wherever you go, there's people, people, people and more people. They're just all around you. But on Christmas Eve, and it was surreal. I was driving down the interstate. It's like, there's a car up there. And there's some back there, too, but there's space in between us. It was just kind of wild. I driving up, got off the interstate. I drove into downtown L.A., and I was driving around. I'd pull up to a corner, and I'd look. The entire streets, I'd look left and right and not see another car in downtown L.A. It was crazy. It was so weird. The only people that were down there, it's me, 
There were a lot of homeless people. A lot of homeless people. It was weird. It was weird. I don't know that I felt lonely because I knew where my family was and I'm connected to a lot of people. But I, knew, I do know that I felt very alone. I felt alone. Here's what I believe. I believe that uh, if I didn't have any family in Illinois and my kids didn't live in the Des Moines area and Karen's family didn't live out in California, and Karen and I <clears throat> were uh, just kind of here in a part of this fellowship, and we're getting to know you guys. Karen and I have been going on Wednesday night to uh, over to Curry's house for the Wednesday night Bible study and getting to know the people there. And we only stay there for about 30 minutes. And then we uh, run out to the Lotus place and we kind of hang out with them, getting to know the people there. And then I've talked to phone uh, on the phone with uh, some of you guys and getting to know you guys a little bit. And this is what I think. I think that if I didn't have any family around here and Karen and I uh, were just living here and uh, Christmas was coming and you guys are getting to know us and we're getting to know you, that come Christmas Eve... Uh, some of you guys might just kind of say, what do you guys do on Christmas Eve? Why don't, you, why don't you come over? You know, our family's getting together, and you, know, you guys don't need to be all by yourself. Why don't, why don't you come over and be a part of something like that? And, and I, think, I think that you guys might do that for us. That's what I believe. But I also believe with all my heart that there are people within five and ten miles of this building, they're all alone. And they're lonely. And their hearts hurt. And they would love to be a part of a church. They're not even quite sure how to be a part of a church. And that's why we need to be the church that extends an inclusive kind of love. Here's what Paul, when he was writing to CCC Colossae, he says, uh, you guys are faithful. I know that you're faithful. I've heard about your faithfulness. And he communicates to them that uh, they were a people of a passionate faith and that they extended an inclusive love. And then he says uh, that they share a dynamic, they shared a dynamic faith. Their faith was, was dynamic. Their message, excuse me, their message. They shared a dynamic message in Colossians. He continues and in the very next line that he writes here in 5b in verse 6, he says, the true message of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. That's what they were sharing with everyone is that Jesus loves you and he wants you to be a part of his kingdom and his household and that you can find forgiveness in Jesus. That's what they were sharing. The true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and it's growing throughout the whole world. That was the message that they were sharing, the good news of Jesus. Question. Is that message growing in our community, through our church? I believe this with all my heart. The majority of people that are around us, they don't know Jesus the way they need to know Jesus. 
They might know of Jesus, and they might know that Christmas is Jesus' birthday, but uh, there's a lot of people around us, especially as our culture is changing and shifting and evolving. Uh, The people of the church are being more marginalized all the time, and we're no uh, longer the home team, we're the away team, and people are looking at us uh, through a sort of a shifty set of lenses, and and they don't know Jesus like they need to know uh, Jesus. What would the people say about uh, our church? Are we communicating Jesus and getting it out? It's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult to communicate to people about Jesus. And here's kind of why. Here's, here's a little bit of why that's hard to do. I'm going to say some, uh, I'm going to say some, uh, popular television shows. Popular television shows. And you tell me if you've watched these or seen these or know what these popular television shows are. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> um, The Last Dance. Anybody? The Last Dance. Yeah! All right. Do you realize that uh, about a third, about a third of America watched The Last Dance? Do you guys know what The Last Dance is? At first it was on ESPN, and then, uh, and then they sold it to Netflix, and now it's on Netflix everywhere, and so, now put your phones down, stay off of Netflix. Uh, and so, it's on Netflix now, and it is The Last Dance. That was the story of the 1990 Chicago Bulls. And it's kind of that story with Michael Jordan and, and uh, Scottie Pippen and Carr. And, and all those guys that were, or Kerr, Kerr was in all, um, what was the coach's name? You know, F- F- Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson. And so, uh, and so you, you guys didn't know, you guys didn't know that a third of America watched The Last Dance? Okay, well, let's move on. Um, all right, here we go. <clears throat> um, this one, uh, Variety Magazine keeps up with all of the um, uh, social media and Hollywood and all that television production, movies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you guys probably didn't even realize the ripple that went through uh, the entire entertainment world uh, last fall when Disney opened up their streaming service and released The Mandalorian. Wow, that was incredible when they released The Mandalorian. Because the biggest part about the, the, the fact that Disney released The Mandalorian is that it surpassed Netflix's The Stranger Things. Stranger Things. The Stranger, uh, the Mandalorian surpassed Stranger Things in being the most streamed television program ever in the history of the world. I mean, did you guys get caught up in that? Oh. Ryan, here we go. Air fist bump, brother. One episode. A <laughs> junior's back there. It's a, yep, okay. Um, here's the reality. This was a big, big deal. Big deal. Okay, now everybody's going to be on board with this one. Everybody, everybody knows this one, right? <laughs> the Tiger King. Now, some of you are like, I heard of it. I heard of it. You didn't watch The Tiger King? This was the most watched program on Netflix. When COVID started, the Tiger King, it, it just went viral. Everybody was watching. Everybody was watching. Every, everybody was, yeah. okay, <laughs> just for fun, Bonanza. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, all right. Um, what I can tell you is this. Um, if we were to go down to Tuggers, if we were to go down to Tuggers on uh, Friday night, and you know, I'm not talking Tuggers at 2 a.m. crowd. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking the, uh, the 5, 6 p.m. crowd at Tuggers. Okay, let me, let me, I'm going to back up here. Uh, uh, you guys know where Tuggers is? Yes. Okay. 
I had, I had heard y'all been there. And the stories I've heard, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, watch this. And so you go on the Tuggers on Friday night, and you just go find their dinner crowd, and you just, just you know, pretend you're a waiter, and walk up and, you know, and just say, uh, excuse me, and you go to any table in there, and just say, hey, did you guys watch The Last Dance? 50% of them there, yep, seen it. Did you guys watch The Mandalorian? Yeah. You know, Stranger Things, yep, been there, it was awesome. You know, Tiger King, that show was crazy. That show was crazy, right? That's, if you went there, I think that's what they would say. And I think that that's people like, I think that's people like somebody I had the privilege of meeting just this week, and it's, it's a relative of uh, Kathy Quartz. And um, uh, do y'all know uh, Naomi, Naomi Jones, Naomi Jones, Naomi Jones? And that's a, that's a short-tail relative of Kathy, and uh, she's related to uh, uh, Wayne and Bev that live right across the street here, and her brother Adam lives right across the street uh, over here. And, and uh, Naomi was here, and she's a stay-at-home mom, and uh, her three kids were here, and two of them that were old enough uh, were riding their bicycles here on the flat surface of our parking lot out here because they don't have an area that's good uh, to ride a bicycle where uh, they're at. And so they were making laps out here. And, and uh, I went out and started uh, chatting with uh, Naomi, and, and I was saying, hey, uh, you know, it's awesome. You know, knock yourself out, enjoy the parking lot here. We're glad that you're here on campus. And, and uh, I said... Uh, even this winter, when it gets cold outside, when there's snow out there, and uh, you know your kids don't want to ride their bicycles through a foot of snow, and that's really hard, I said, uh, you come by here, and, you know, bang on the door. If we're here, I said, you bring your kids. They can go down in the gym, and you know, they can shoot baskets, and you know, uh, ride the skateboards around on the floor, or whatever. You know, just come here, and you can you can hang out here. And then then she said something that kind of took me back. She said, Yeah, I've been in there before. She said. One of my relatives, one of my relatives uh, got married, and their reception was down there in the gym. I didn't like that. Why doesn't, why doesn't Naomi come to church here? She knows about us. Is it possible that we just don't know anything about her? We don't know the ebb and flow of her life. And we're looking through foggy windows. We think, well, if they knew it was good for them, they'd come to church. Anything like that ever happen? And Paul is writing to CCC. And he says, uh, something I want you to know, CCC, I've heard of you. And you're a church that has a passionate faith and has an inclusive love and shares a dynamic message. And I... I'd like to give you an opportunity to be a part of something that we hope to share a dynamic message. We had a meeting. Um, there, we, we've been asking for several weeks, would you be willing to come and be a part of a tutoring uh, thing here at the church? And, and uh, we kind of asked those people that if you'd be willing to come and tutor, if you'd be here at a meeting on, on Thursday, and some people came in, on Thursday. And as that kind of meeting took place, it kind of evolved into a, a kind of a changing it from a tutor thing to maybe it needs to be a little bit of a bigger thing. And so what we're going to try to pull off 
off what we're going to try to pull off in September. For There's five Wednesdays in September. What we're going to try to pull off, and uh, we're going to ask you to be a part of that and help with it, is we're going to try to pull off a thing where from 7 a.m. until 11 a.m., the church doors would be open and that there would be kind of a structured thing that would happen that would be a little bit like a vacation Bible school kind of a format that would be kind of like you come and you do this for 20 minutes and then you you'd kind of be a tutor thing for 20 minutes and maybe a game and maybe a snack time and that, 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 that would take place here because I think there's going to be a lot of Naomi's out there that uh, when school starts and they have school uh, on, uh, on, uh, on Monday and Tuesday and on Thursday and Friday, they might be looking for a place, any place to dump off their kids on, on Wednesday for a little bit. And uh, wouldn't we like to be that dumping ground? Wouldn't we like to be that... And so, um, Laura's going to put together kind of a Google Doc thing, and there'll be kind of a sign-up sheet maybe on a clipboard out here. And if you think that you could give an hour to that or a, or a Wednesday to that or be a part of something like that, um, you know, we're, we, want, we, we just want to invite you to be thinking about that and, and think about what that might look like. Here's what we know. The Bible says that the gates of hell will not defeat us. We are a part of the church of Jesus Christ, and it's going to survive. It's going to survive, and there's nothing we can do to stop that. But we're not asked to do anything to stop that. We're asked to be a part of advancing that and growing that. And our message is to be a message of hope and of love, and that's the church that we want to be. We want to be CCC, just like Colossae at Christian Church. We want to be a church that has a passionate faith and an inclusive love and a dynamic message. And then write this one down. In conclusion, and everybody says amen. In conclusion, write this one down. They knew that heaven was their hope. Heaven. Heaven was their hope. Colossians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, All of these things that we've talked about so far, they spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven. They sprang up from the hope that they had for heaven. Two months ago, uh, my uh, wife and I were doing a lot of sleeping around. And I said that because it's provocative and it's kind of fun to be able to say that as a, as a preacher. But uh, that's just the reality. And we were doing a lot of sleeping around. And what I mean by that more specifically, in case you don't know, is that we were homeless. <laughs> and uh, we had sold our house and uh, we sold our house in, uh, in the Earlham area. And so uh, we were going back to Earlham on the weekends. And uh, some of the weekends we would go back and we would sleep at, at my son's house. And, and, and we would stay there. And, and uh, you guys had uh, uh, maybe the opportunity to meet our friends. Last week, the Betchers, the Betchers were here, and there were times when we went home, uh, went back to uh, to Earlham there, and we slept at the Betchers' house. Betchers had a big house, and we slept uh, we slept at the Betchers' house. And uh, there were times that we would go back there, and we would just sleep in a hotel because, frankly, that was just uh, the easiest thing to do. And then we'd come back here, and we would sleep in uh, in Karen's apartment that was down in in Bettendorf. And so we were going from place to place to place to place when we were in between uh, uh, one house that we owned to another house that we uh, bought, and, and we were sleeping around. It was really frustrating for Steve because Steve really likes routines, and I'd get up, and there were times when I'm going someplace, I don't know where my cup of coffee is. 
I don't even know where the mug is. And that was very hard for Steve. He'd get up and he'd have to wander around. He's checking all the cupboards. And where do they keep their coffee cups at? You know, and, and then I get out. I find the bowl. I go, now where's the spoon? You got to open every drawer. Where's the spoon? You know, and so I, I you know, my routine was upset. And, uh, and so now life is so much better because we've lived in our house now for two months. And uh, it's just really nice, if you know our story, it's just nice to be uh, kind of, you know, my wife and I are in the, in the same, on the same roof every single day now and, and uh, wake up and, uh, I, you know, every day now I know right where the coffee is and I just kind of pull out of the cover, I put it right on the Keurig and I just push, boom. <laughs> it's so nice. It's just nice. It's nice. It was very unsettled. And then it became very nice. But the truth is, my life here and now is always to be unsettled. It's always to be unsettled. Because this world is not my home, as the song says, I'm just passing through. And that for me, I need to rearrange my life and be a part of a church that has a passionate faith and extends an inclusive kind of love that goes out for everyone because heaven is my hope, not comfort here on this earth. Paul writes to Colossae and he says, man... You guys got to figure it out. You know the cost of following Jesus, and you've put it into play. Have you? Have you? You need to know that God loves you inside and out, and he wants you to rearrange your life to make Jesus the king and the Lord of who you are. And you know that what God wants you to do is accept his son, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and to be baptized into him and to have your life rearranged and then live the way that Jesus calls you to live. I don't know all of your stories, but if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you've never been baptized into him, that is a conversation that I would love to have with you. Will you bow your heads? Let's pray together. Father God in heaven, thank you for the gift of your son. Father, help us to rearrange our hearts that we would see clearly the way you call us to see clearly, that we would be a church like the church in Colossae that was on target and on task and help us to be the people you call us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name and amen.